day and welcome to the GMC podcast, the place where you can listen to the weekly word from God and highlights from the team at GMC, Gillespie Memorial Church in Dunfermline, Scotland. This podcast brings you the sermon series, The Teachings of Jesus Christ the King, Part 5, the eschatological discourse on the end of the present age. This is a 12-part series considering the teachings of Jesus from chapter 23 through 25 from the Gospel of Matthew. In this last teaching block of the five in Matthew's Gospel, we find Jesus teaching in the week of the Passion, the time of his trial and crucifixion. As he comes closer to the cross, his teaching turns to the end times, moving from teaching in the temple precincts to the Mount of Olives and a need to always be watchful. Thanks for joining us on this podcast and now be encouraged to respond to God's word and be challenged by our Lord Jesus Christ. But before the word from God, we will lead you in a time of prayer. For God in prayer. Let's pray. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, the whole earth is filled with your glory. Father, we gather here as a family this morning just to think of that for a moment. The whole earth is filled with your glory. And we are part of that family that glorifies you that worships you, that honors you, that bows down before you. It's a wonderful thought, Lord, that the length and breadth of this land, your children are gathered to worship the name of the Lord. And beyond that, your children are meeting in every nation, in every tribe, in every tongue, to lift up the name that is above all other names, the name of Jesus. So we thank you that we are part of this enormous family, that none of us need ever be alone, whatever our circumstances. You have a family for each and every one of us. We are part of this community that proclaims Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So we worship you this morning, King of kings, Lord of lords, God of all creation, majesty, Elohim, Yahweh, in all the different names that you have that express who you are. You are our Father and our God. You are our Savior and Redeemer. You gave your life on a cross for us. You atoned for our sin. We are free. We are reconciled to the Father. We are new creations. We are children of the Most High God. We are heirs of the promise. We thank you for all of this, Father. And today, Lord, we're going to hear what it means to be a hypocrite. And we ask that you would forgive us when we say one thing and do another, when we are not good witnesses of our faith, when we give the enemy the opportunity to accuse, 
Forgive us when we read your word and hear your word and receive it into our hearts and then fail to act upon it. Fail to let it change us and transform us because that's your heart's desire to make us more and more like Jesus. So we thank you for this opportunity to come this morning and worship you and hear your word and receive it and act upon it. Hear us now as together we say the words that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Following that time of prayer, I hope your hearts are prepared and open to receive from God's word wherever you are today. If anything you hear from our preacher today, from God's word, or the sermon challenges you and maybe raises questions, or if you want to know more about the Christian faith and getting to know the Lord Jesus Christ, then please get in touch via our website or through the office. Details are in our show notes. Or maybe you'd like to support GMC financially in our ministry for the kingdom. Details to support us financially can be found on the homepage of the website, clicking through a Support Us with Stewardship icon. Now, over to our preacher. Sorry, practicalities. One day I'll get it right. Right. I'm going to be talking about war yet again. Those who might remember that the last time I spoke up here, it was about war. So I think you'll be giving, a, giving me a new nickname before I leave. Warful Sal. <laughs> so we're picking up from where Mike started off on the fifth discourse last week. So just to recap on a few of the things that he mentioned. So... Jesus was speaking to the crowds and the disciples. So that's the whole of society, pretty much. So there would have been the scribes and the Pharisees, whom Jesus comes on to talk about quite vehemently. And and also regular disciples, people interested, wanting to know more, and people just thinking, hmm, I'll go see what's going on here. So just think of that context and the people that will be hearing the word. So, the type of hypocrisy Jesus was talking about was a pretense, play-acting, making a show-of. Just to put it into context, so as I mentioned, there'll be more than a few scribes and Pharisees in the audience, and Jesus didn't miss and hit the wall in his condemnation of them. For somebody who is normally so mild-mannered, level-headed, this is a really vehement attack on the scribes and Pharisees of his day. 
depending which version you use, there are seven or eight wars. So I'm going to use the New King James Version, so that's what I'll be reading. But on the screens, you will be seeing the King James Version. So the reading today is Matthew 23, verses 13 to 33. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for neither you go in yourselves, nor do you allow those, those, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense, make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel the land and sea to him one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, Whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the cold in the temple, he is obliged to perform it. Fools, blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that is on the altar, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind. For which is greater, the gift or the altar that sacrifices the gift, that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and all things on it. He who swears by the temple swears by it and him who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay the tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without the leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first cleanse inside the cup and the dish, that the outside of them may also be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! 
for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautifully outwardly, but inside are full of dead bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! Because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Therefore, you are witnesses against yourself that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up, then, the measure of your father's guilt. Serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? Thanks be to God. Wow. He certainly didn't miss, did he? Hypocrisy is the war that we are here to talk about today, the condemnation of the hypocrites. In recent times, there's not weeks gone by when we haven't heard of some kind of hypocrisy, double standards, lies, deceit from the leaders of our nations. It's hard to take when we entrust them to serve us to do what's best for us as a nation. And then we find out all along the feather in their own pockets. But the the ideas of wars to the audience, to the crowds, would not have been a new one. So, historically prophets had regularly claimed wars against the people of Israel and its leaders for rejecting his ways. And the audience there wouldn't have missed this, especially not the scribes and Pharisees. Woe to those who, are called to e- who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. That's an extract taken from Isaiah chapter 5, verses 20 to 22. So we have this situation in Jesus' day, and we've got the situation in our day when our leaders are, not, are letting us down. So let's try to understand what Jesus was saying to his leaders of his day and what that means for us in church as followers of Christ today. People do not generally wake up in the morning and decide, I'm going to be a hypocrite today and every day for the rest of my life. Hypocrisy is about the attitude which over time leads to 
unacceptable behaviours and double standards. With the help of the theologist William Barclay, I will add some context to some of the woes that Jesus shared. And then we'll take time to think about how that me what that means for us. So where to start? We know from what Mike said last week that the, the scribes were the writers of the law and the Pharisees were the teachers of the law. So let's start with the law. So the law in Jesus' time. So it started with the Ten Commandments. And according to Jewish tradition, those Ten Commandments became 613 commandments within the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Confession time. Before I moved to Scotland, I used to be a VAT inspector. <laughs> Somebody had to do it. <laughs> so I'd been doing the job for a few years when the powers of B decided that we needed to learn that law in order to rebut the challenges from accountants and tax specialists. So I studied the VAT Act 1994 the act itself is made up of, of six parts. Each part has multiple sections. Each section has multiple subsections. And to support the sections, there are schedules and tables. Don't forget there's riders and amendments and the meanings and definitions and the important date of royal assent. And on top of that, the language used contains double negatives, exceptions, and exceptions to exceptions. So I think you get the picture. So the Pharisees had taken the Ten Commandments and figuratively speaking, made them into the, the VAT Act 1994. And it was impossible for the everyday person to actually take in, understand, and live out all of the regulations that came from the Ten Commandments. So much so that the Sadducees were set apart because they were, their aim was to live out all these regulations, but to do so, they didn't have time to work as well. So that gives you a, a sense of what the people of Israel of Jesus' day were dealing with. The law was so complicated, and they trusted the Pharisees and the scribes to interpret it and apply it honestly and with goodwill and for the benefit of the, benefit of the people. But verse 14, this is the extra verse, and I wanted to keep it in because I think it gives context to this element. For you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. So they pers persuaded the widows and the poor to commit the management of their property to themselves as guardians and executors and, take, and took advantage of them and defrauded them. And on the back of that, they followed it up with a long prayer. So according to 
commentators, the long prayer would have been an hour's meditation, an hour's praying, out loud in public for people to see, followed by another hour's meditation. Maggie, next time you're on prayers, will you remember that? Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, so in one hand, they're giving the impression of being caring, sharing, kind, considerate, helpful. And on the other hand, they're feathering their own nest. So no wonder they received the condemnation that Jesus gave. Then we'll come to the proselyte. So that is, I've not wrote, that'll be verse 15. So a proselyte would be somebody not born into Judaism, a Gentile in other words, who decided to convert whole hog to Judaism, including circumcision and adopting the full weight of the law. As new converts, they tended to be quite extreme in their application and almost fanatical. So the best analogy I can think of, and it's not perfect, is that sometimes when people have smoked for many years, give up smoking, they can become far more critical and vociferous in their anti-smoking language, much more than people who have never smoked. So it's just to give you an understanding of what it could look like. But the Pharisees didn't try to curb this in. In fact, they encouraged it, and they started to make replicas of themselves, little mini-me's, instead of leading people to the true and living God. The irony of this is that they went over land and sea for days and weeks and months to convert one person, and they did this. It really doesn't bear thinking about. We'll come on to swearing of oaths, verses 16 to 22. How to say yes and mean no. The Pharisees were creating a get-out-of-jail-free card by saying, if you gave an oath this way, it didn't really count, you didn't have to keep it. But if you did it this way, then you must keep it to the letter. Jesus' point in his... The point Jesus is making is that God is in the temple. God is the temple. He hears what you say. He knows what's in your heart. And if you've been duplicitous, he knows that. And you will, you will suffer for it. Be authentic. Simply let your yes be yes. And your no be no. God knows. God hears. God is with us all day and every day.
the tithing of herbs. So herbs, so the mint, the anise, the cumin, were generally grown in relatively small quantities. So measuring out a tenth would be quite a faff. But the Pharisees made quite a play of doing this. But in taking the time to weigh out the tenth, they neglected the important stuff, and they neglected the people, mercy, faith, justice. They got it out of proportion. Many years ago, when I was part of the Church of England, the PCC, which is probably the nearest equivalent to the Kirk Session, had a meeting. I think it started at nine, at seven o'clock and finished about 10 o'clock. And for the whole evening, they discussed, debated, and at times argued which toilet paper they were going to use. <laughs> we can laugh. And I'm, I'm glad I heard that story and wasn't there because that would have done my head in. But it's easy to get caught up in the, the minutiae of church affairs with, and miss the big picture. Ceremony and culture can take over without us actually realising. So from time to time, it's good to just to take that step back and just check in with God. We are here to honour God, and that's a measure that we need to use. Verses 25 to 28, this is about being clean and unclean. So that the passage talks about the cup being clean on the outside, but filthy on the inside. Talks about the tombs being sparkling on the outside and full of dead bones on the inside. The tombs would have littered the wayside, the roadside, with all these dead bones in. And anything to do with death, even just touching the tomb, would render a person unclean. So the Pharisees, in what they describe as the month of Agar, that's February, March, have all these tombs painted bright white so that when people approach Jerusalem for the different festivals, such as the Passover... They can see them and don't accidentally bump into them. In doing so, they will become unclean, unable to and unable to participate in the festival. That kind of really gave me the image of every March, February and March, we see all these roadworks pop up as the council used the, uses up the budget and fills in some of the, the holes, which a month later will have a frost and are broken again. Um, there's futility about it. But, these, but going back to the, the scribes and the Pharisees, and particularly the tombs, that was probably a really heavy insult to give to the Pharisees, whom thought themselves so righteous and so holy. On the outside, they looked sparkling and beautiful and, and had it all, but inside they were absolutely rotten. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones, 
Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. We're nearly at the end. The final verse in this reading. Serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? Out of all the insults Jesus could give the scribes and Pharisees, I reckon this is the biggest. If they weren't feeling this big before, they will, have, they will be doing by now. So if I go back to Genesis and the origins of this insult. Genesis 3, verses 14 to 15. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and woman, and between you and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. That's an awful lot to take in. And I don't expect you all to go away and reflect on everything that I've said. Jesus was talking to the scribes and Pharisees of teachers of his day. In the world of work, people who do the teaching, the, the practice that they have, is 70, 20, 10. So 70% of the learning goes by doing the job. 20% is by networking and chatting with friends and colleagues and getting and learning from one another. And 10% is from the classroom. So if you think that people are learning from the scribes, 70% of what they do is what we learn over the 10% of what they say. So... Going back to the beginning, the Pharisees are teaching the people of Israel a way which leads them to be more like themselves instead of leading them to God. So in the church today, teachers need to check in with God on a regular basis and make sure that we, that that they are honest and open with themselves, with God, and humble before the people they're teaching. The church itself hasn't always clothed itself in glory. So let us think about ourselves and how we can make a difference. Because Jesus is speaking to the crowd, so the message isn't just for the teachers. It isn't just for the, t- for the church. It's for all of us. So what, do we, what can we take away? Are we serious about getting nearer to Christ? 
Are we serious about opening up the way for others to come to Christ? What barriers do we put in the way? Culture and practice can sometimes get in the way without us realising. Something as simple as knowing when to sit and when to stand. Responses to prayers and blessings we say each week and the religious language we use. The church is scrutinised by society. What do we need to change those views? We need to be authentic. We need to walk the walk and talk the talk. We are called to love mercy, to exercise justice, and to be faithful. How do we avoid slipping down the road of hypocrisy without actually realising? The two most important commandments that Jesus gave us. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the sound of it is like, and the second is like this. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. In other words, strip it back, put God first, and in doing so, he will give us the grace to love others. Thanks be to God. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Worship Podcast from the team at GMC. Again, if you'd like more details of who we are, what we believe and how we serve, then visit our website at gillespiechurch.org, find us on Facebook or look back at some of our videos on our YouTube channel. Just search Gillespie Memorial Church. All inquiries can be made through the Contact Us page on our website or by calling the office. Details are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our work with a financial donation, then offerings can be made by clicking the Support Us with Stewardship icon on the homepage of the website. This has been a production of GMC, including the pastors and the tech team. All copyright remains with the producers. Today's episode was edited by Barbara Ann Howey, and the soundtrack is Up to the Mood by Lowtree. Thanks for listening, and God bless.